Hi, and thanks for listening to In One Ear and Out the Other, a veterinary podcast for dairy farmers and their farm staff, brought to you by Anexa Vets. I'm Emma Franklin, one of the vets at Anexa, and throughout this podcast series, I'm chatting with other vets and some dairy farmers about a whole range of different animal health topics that can affect dairy cows in New Zealand. I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm going to be talking with Margaret Perry Hallam, who's one of our other vets at Anexa, who also deals a lot with dairy cows. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Emma. It's great to be featured on the podcast. I've been listening to the other episodes and just wondering when I was going to get my turn at this. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear that you're so enthusiastic to talk to us. I want to talk to Margaret today about facial eczema. And facial eczema is a really nasty disease that can affect any of the ruminants that are eating grass. So we see a lot of it in our dairy cows. You and I both had herds last season who had some really early outbreaks of facial eczema. Pretty distressing for very much for the cows, but also for the farmers and for the vets dealing with it. And it's such a huge topic, I thought we might split this into a couple of different conversations, if that's all right with you, Margaret. Hope you have a bit of time. Yeah, that's probably a good idea because we could spend hours talking about eczema. Yeah, definitely. So what we might do in the first instance, we might talk first as a bit of a facial eczema 101. So if we can explain a bit about what the disease is, why we do what we do, then hopefully we'll be able to prevent some of that disease happening in our dairy farms. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea, Emma. Great. So, Margaret, I'm going to ask you some questions and you're going to tell our farm staff what they need to know. So first off, what is facial eczema? So facial eczema is a liver disease. Um, Most of our farmers probably think it's a skin disease, but the skin signs that we see that sort of shows us that the cow is a clinical eczema cow is secondary to the damage that's happening inside her body. So it's a liver disease in cows. So there can be cows out there with disease that we don't know about. Definitely. So those cows that you see um, are just what we call the tip of the iceberg. So those are the ones that we see with skin signs, but there'll be many other cows in the herd that will be affected internally that you will not see. What causes it? So it's caused by a toxin, and they get this toxin from spores that are formed by a fungus that's in the pasture. Um, So it's very specific to New Zealand and to parts of New Zealand um, where this fungus is able to grow on the pasture. What can we expect to see if animals are suffering from facial eczema? So typically, um, most of our farmers see shade-seeking behavior. So they'll be very intolerant to the, the summer sun on their hide. And even if you're not seeing any skin lesions, they'll be trying to seek shade under, under trees that are hopefully in the paddock. Other farms typically cite it by just a loss in production might be the first thing they'll see. Yeah, because the liver damage is going to cause those cows to generally be unwell and uncomfortable and therefore not able to produce milk as well. But also it's the byproducts from the liver damage that cause those skin signs. Yes, and sometimes the first skin signs we see are actually on the teats, um, which if the the farmers are, are milking and quite observant of what's happening in the shed, they'll notice cows being uncomfortable when being cupped in the shed. So sometimes that can be the first sign. Yeah, and that discomfort for cows when they're being cupped, they'll be sort of doing a bit of extra stepping. They might be stomping, they might kick a little bit. And if you feel those teats, they, they have this characteristic sort of leathery um, feel and can also be quite warm to the touch potentially as well. Yes, correct. And at that time of the year, flies are also an issue. So if they've gone through and put... Um, some sort of long-acting fly control on them, um, and we still have the problem, it's good to really check those teats and see if that skin feels leathery. Okay, perfect. Now, when should we worry about facial eczema? What, what needs to be happening out there in the environment for us to be concerned that facial eczema might be a problem? 
So you need some high humidity, which today uh, in the beginning of December, it's quite humid today. So you need high humidity and you need ground temperatures um, that favor the development of the spore and you need temperatures overnight to be still in the teens. So if the temperature overnight is only going down to 12 or 13, um, that's great eczema weather. Another factor that can contribute to increased risk of eczema would be increased dead or dying plant matter that would be um, down at the bottom of the sward where the cows are grazing. And talking about the dead matter, then let's move on to what can we do to prevent it. Now, one of the things that can be done is around pasture management. Yeah, so right now you want to be getting your post-grazing residuals correct. So if you're leaving too much dead matter behind now in December, that's going to set up um, for perfect conditions in January and February to allow um, this fungus to sporulate. Another thing that a farmer could use is a fungicide, so you can actually spray the paddocks to sort of reduce the load. Um, that needs to be done well in advance of eczema season, so that's something that needs to be looked at in December. Okay, so these are some tools for reducing the chances of animals ingesting spores, but unfortunately we know that they're not they're not perfect by any means so we also need to be able to protect cows for the instances when they already are taking in those spores so let's talk about zinc so zinc is used to help reduce the ability of that toxin to really affect the liver so what we're doing is overdosing the cow with zinc and she's sending that to the liver to try to protect herself for the eczema period okay and what ways do we have of getting zinc into our animals because remembering that we need to be protecting calves the heifers the rising twos as well as the milking herd correct so for young stock our primary tool we have are zinc boluses um, so those are given to calves based on their weight so boluses can also be used in the herd as well but they typically are quite costly when you're using them on um, adult cows so sometimes that's a reason why we might not use them in a herd, but they are our best bet at protecting animals fully. Yeah, absolutely. If cost isn't a factor, then the long-acting zinc boluses provide the best protection, regardless of the age of animal we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so if cost is a factor, which, you know, living in the real world, we know that we all have to be careful about where the money is spent, what other options are there out there? So the other options, in-shed feeding or feeding uh, mixed in on a feed pad. So if you're feeding cows supplementary feed, you can mix the zinc oxide uh, in with the feed. And that's quite a reliable way of getting it into the cows as long as they uh, eat the meal or they're eating the feed that is offered at the feed pad. Yeah, and that, that zinc, if you are going through feed, you do need to be cautious that whatever form it's being added in is being mixed consistently and evenly throughout the feed because otherwise you can end up with certain cows getting a whopping great big dose and getting more than their allocation and other cows not getting their protective levels. Yeah and there'll be some cows that you know don't eat the meal and for those cows putting a zinc bullet in them would be the best course of treatment um, in that instance. Okay now let's talk about the one that is most commonly used I would say amongst farmers around New Zealand even though we do know that there are some limitations. Um, so the most common treatment done for mature dairy cows would be water trough treatment. So this is done either with a dosatron or a pita dispenser. So this is using either zinc hepta or zinc monosulfate as the active form of zinc. Um, it's highly unreliable due to the fact that water intakes uh, vary among cows depending on weather conditions and 
it can be very variable as to what the cows actually get every day. I think the list is as long as your arm really as to why water treatment can go wrong. But fundamentally, we know that once cows have been tested, so when their zinc levels are tested in their blood, a huge proportion of cows do not have enough zinc in their blood to protect them against facial eczema. And we know that if they're not over that protective level, they're basically not protected. So half protected is not protected at all. Correct. And even meeting with where we send our lab samples in Hamilton, the pathologists who uh, look at the results have told us last year that, that there was very few cows protected with just water treatment. So talking about testing, if one of your farmers was being proactive and said, you know, I want to know whether or not my cows are protected against facial eczema, what would you suggest? A very common thing we do is go out and take blood samples. So we can take 10 blood samples from cows that represent the herd um, after that treatment plan has been put in place and they've been doing it uh, consistently for a number of days, we can go in there and bleed those cows to see if they have reached protective levels. Okay, perfect. And if they haven't, then you're able to make a plan with your farmer and tweak the system depending on what needs to be done. Correct. And sometimes we go back and make those changes and then bleed those same 10 cows again and find out, have we fixed the problem? Excellent. Now, before we're testing the zinc levels... How does a farmer know when they should start zinc? So typically it's based on spore counting, um, but you really need to look at the climatic conditions for your region. Um, if you've gotten a good amount of rain and it's high humidity and the you know, conditions are perfect, potentially you need to start spore counting a little bit earlier. So if you're a high risk farm, um, potentially you take a sample of your paddocks pre-Christmas to see where you're at. Typically our spore counting starts um, in each clinic in mid-January. So if you're not already on our mailing list to get those spore count results, just pop onto our website at anexa.co.nz and you can sign up for those facial eczema alerts. Yeah, it's great to get those alerts. I actually even use that for my lifestyle block to see what is happening in my region because that's outside of my clinic area. Brilliant. Margaret, I'm going to wrap it up there for this episode. Thank you so much for talking through everything about facial eczema 101 and explaining to our farmers and their staff what they need to know about this horrible disease. Thanks Emma, it's been great to go through this. Remember that the prevention program and the treatment program that you're going to need on your farm is going to be specific to your own individual farm and your individual circumstances and so would highly recommend that you have a chat with your vet and do it sooner rather than later to make sure that you get on top of things before there's a problem thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast in one ear and out the other if you want to listen to our other episodes from the last few months then you can find those at anexa.co.nz or wherever it is you get your podcast we'll talk to you again soon thank you